Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Heavenly Father, we come again with bowed heads and humbled hearts and contrite spirits. Thanking you again, Lord, for another day not promised to us. Lord, I ask that you forgive us and our, of our sins and iniquities and transgressions and shortcomings. Lord, those things that place a veil between you and us. Lord, I'm asking in this time, Lord, that you really put your spirit, Lord, amongst your people. I'm asking, Lord, that the body of Christ will raise up and be exactly what you called it to be. I ask, Lord, that this ministry will be a part of the remnant, Lord, that you will use in the end to bring forth the truth, despite what we have to go through. I'm asking that you raise up every member of this group, Lord, that they may have understanding. Though they may stray away at times, Lord, they keep their eyes and their hearts and their minds focused on the goal, and that they may grow spiritually, Lord, because nothing matters, Lord, if what we're teaching isn't being learned. So I'm asking, Lord, with your spirit, that all be changed, that all be transformed, that we all receive spiritual growth, that we are all aware of what time that we're in. I'm asking, Lord, that you bless Sarah, Lord, and her, and her prayer, Lord, anoint it. I'm asking that Jake and his evangelism, Lord, that you anoint it. I'm asking, Lord, for, for Eric, Lord, that his teaching, Lord, be anointed, that he and Holly, Lord, will be healthy, Lord, and the baby. I'm asking, Lord, that Martin and Laura, Lord, let their evangelism, Lord, and let Martin's watchman abilities, Lord, come to fruition. Lord, put your spirit on this whole thing, that it may act and walk and talk as the body of Christ, that we may be the eyes, Lord, the ears, the mouths, the feet, everything that the body is made of, Lord, being headed by you, none other than Jesus Christ, the name that is above every name. And I'm asking, Lord, that... You just keep us, Lord, doing your will. Bring others into the kingdom that need your truth, that need your understanding. Lord, give us a place that we may nurture the people, Lord, and have them organically grown into your spirit, that they will do your will. Give us a, an appetite for prayer and fasting and forsaking the things of this world, Lord, because it's too close to the end. Your time is coming and we have to stay focused on you. We have to understand what it's about, Lord. And let that fire inside of us, Lord, not burn out. Let it stay lit, Lord, like the five virgins that were prepared, ready to see your coming, that we will have our own oil and that we will do your will to the end time. I'm asking, Lord, that you bind every foul spirit, every demonic spirit, every spirit of error, every spirit of contention, confusion, jealousy, hatred, lasciviousness, concupiscence, Lord, covetousness, everything that has nothing to do with your spirit, Lord, let it be taken out of the way. Let your Holy Ghost here reign supreme, Lord, and let it fall on us. Let the Holy Ghost fall, Lord, that the truth may be told, that we may walk out in boldness and in truth, in, in truth in Jesus Christ, ready to profess your name at the drop of a hat, ready to preach and teach the gospel, Lord, being instant in season and out of season, making our calling and our election sure. Lord, help us to have the power, Lord, to heal the sick, 
Lord, help us to have the authority to cast out devils. Lord, let this ministry be about what your ministry was about. Let us do the things that you call us to do. And if it isn't governed by you, Lord, then we want nothing to do with it. For all of truth is confrontational. You said that we shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, for you have overcome the world. For you are the King of kings and Lord of lords, almighty God, righteous, truth, holy, Lord, faithful, and worthy to be praised. In Jesus' name we pray. Lord, do it for your glory, do it for your honor, in your precious and holy name. Amen. Amen. All right, so tonight's study is going to be part two of the epistles of John. I believe we picked it up in verse four, but we didn't get a chance to head on what the epistle of John was about. So I want to go back there and uh, talk about, you know, when it was written, what was the purpose of it being written before we go into uh, the rest of the teaching. Okay, or I think we ended it in chapter four. But it says, author, the author is John of uh, the son of Zebedee, um, see Mark 1, 19 through 20, the apostle and the author of the gospel of John uh, and Revelation, see introduction to both authors and books. He was a fisherman uh, whom Jesus called early in his ministry in Matthew 4 and 18 through 22, and was the disciple whom Jesus loved. Uh, John 13 and 23. He, with Peter and James, was one of Jesus' inner circle. Uh, thus, he was on the Mount of Transfiguration, uh, Matthew 17, 1 and 2. In Gethsemane, Matthew uh, 26 and 37 and 3. Uh, the only apostle at the crucifixion, John 19, 2 through 27. And the first apostle to the uh, empty tomb, John 20, 4 through 5. Now, you know, Mary Magdalene was there first, but part of it was, you know, John outran Peter mm -hmm. when they got the news. Yeah. So you imagine Peter was a big man. Uh, and, and 5, uh, with Peter, when Jesus uh, recommissioned him at the Sea of Galilee, John 21, 15 to 23. He continued as a close companion, the church leader with Peter after Pentecost, Acts 3 and 1, Acts 4 and 19, Acts 8 and 14, and Galatians 2 and 9. Also see the introduction of the gospel of the author John. Unlike most New Testament letters, 1 John does not tell us who the author is. Okay, so I wanted to keep reading um, for the purpose of this. It says occasion and purpose. John's readers were confronted with an early form of Gnostic teaching of the Cerinthian uh, variety. See Gnosticism. This heresy was also libertine, you know, like free, throwing off all moral restraints. Consequently, John wrote this letter with two basic purposes in mind. One, to expose false teachers uh, to First uh, John two twenty six, and two to give believers assurance of salvation five thirteen, in keeping with the with his intentions uh, to combat Gnostic teachings, John specifically struck at their uh, their total lack of morality, um, chapter three verse eight through ten, and by giving eyewitness testimony to the incarnation, 
he sought to confirm his readers' belief in the incarnate Christ, uh, John 1 through 3. Uh, success in this would give uh, the writer joy, uh, 1 through 4. So, you know, one of the reasons I went here too, because, okay, he did it to combat Gnosticism. It's funny that Gnosticism was trying to creep its way into the church, and what you see exactly today is the exact same thing. Gnosticism creeped into the church. So when I speak against churches and our teachings and things like that, it's against this Gnostic pagan teachings and, and you know, Catholic doctrine and other things that have nothing to do with the gospel outside of the truth of God. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's what I'm speaking of. I'm not speaking of the true church, which is one of a whole. I totally believe, like the Bible says, the church is the ecclesia, the called out ones. Yes. Okay, the church is a living body, as Peter said, living stones. Mm -hmm. They're on the move, doing the will of the Lord. Right. So what we understand here is that this church system today couldn't possibly be the true church because of the fact that it celebrates things that have nothing to do with God. Right. And then on top of that, it follows Catholic doctrine and the Catholic church is its final authority which was the enemy of the church of God. So you know that it can't be right. Okay, so from here, we'll go right into the teaching, but we're going to start and pick it up in um, 1 John chapter 4. We'll start at the first verse. So, you know, that's my whole argument, is the fact that I understand how the church is deceiving people, and that's why for many of us, we have to break out of that church system to forget about religion and go right into relationship with Jesus Christ. Right. If you're learning in your church, then that's great. But don't be a fool to anybody that's telling you that this is okay and you're not getting closer to Christ in any way whatsoever. No spiritual growth. No speaking of demons. No speaking of the end times. Mm -hmm. No speaking of there's a chance that you can lose your faith. Right. A great falling away. Doctrines of devils and demons. These are things that we need to pay attention to. Yeah. We have to do those things that are right. We have to stay on course. We can't get turned aside by our feelings. Mm -hmm. All right, so we'll pick it up. Uh, 1 John 4. I mean, uh, 1 John, yeah, 1 John uh, chapter 4, verse 1. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Hereby know ye the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. You know, so that tells you there that we have to test the spirits. Why? Because this is another thing pastors don't tell people, is that the spirit world is a place far more advanced than us. We need the mind of Christ to understand Right. There'll be many, many spirits that will come to us, making us believe that we're in the truth, mm -hmm. like these false churches. They'll preach all the love of the Lord all day. They'll preach grace. They'll preach humility. They'll preach all these things, which are great. But see, how do I know what this applies to if I don't know anything about spiritual warfare, yeah. which is a part of a Christian's life? Right. What did Paul say? We wrestle not against flesh and blood. So forget all the worldly stuff. You know, we... Uh, but against principalities and powers, the rulers of the darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places. Mm -hmm. So this is what we have to know, that we're in a warfare, and that war is being fought on every level, yeah. in every place, yeah. in every individual. 
So this is something that we need to know to be able to follow. Mm -hmm. Verse 3, And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of Antichrist, whereof ye have heard uh, that it should come, and even now already is in the world. Okay, so from here, uh, we're going to tackle one and two first. Let's go to... uh, Let's go to 1 Timothy 4. First Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. Now the Spirit, which is, you know, capital S, this is speaking of the Holy Ghost. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly, that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Now what we have to understand here is seducing spirits, as in pretty much um, something that would sound better than Christ. Mm-hmm. Something that would sound better than the gospel. Why? Because it's seducing. It's trying to get you into feeling great. It's trying to get you into being happy. Is trying to get you outside of Christ through your feelings. So these are things that we have to be mindful of, of being in the soul nature, being lured by what we consider to be great, you know, or fun for us, outside of the spirit of truth and of God. It's a cloak. It's a cloak of what's really there, because if you think of what a seductress is or a seducer, is someone who comes to you and they seem one way, but they're really not that way. They only seduce you to get something from you and then the cloak comes off exactly you know and um from there it's just uh one of those things that we have to worry about look at verse two speaking lies and hypocrisy having their conscience seared with a hot iron forbidden to marry and commanding to abstain from meats which god hath created uh, to be received with thanksgiving and them which believe and know the truth So we understand here that, you know, in the latter times, many people are going to be drawn to what they want to hear. Mm -hmm. Okay, so from here, I want to go to, um, let's see, let's go to, um, let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 3. This is an important part. It says, 2 Timothy chapter 3, This know also that in the last days, now you know we're getting close. If this keeps getting repeated and you see this stuff playing out. uh, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, meaning greedy, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, now, people, that has many meanings. The, the Without natural affection can be, you know, things that are abnormal, but it's also speaking of the type of homosexual activity and sodomy and things like that. Abortion. You know, bestiality, abortion, you name it. Mm-hmm. Truth breakers, false accusers, incontinent, you know, without control, fierce, despisers of those that are good, mm-hmm. traitors, heady, high-minded, 
lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Now, that's the most important one on this list, in my opinion. Yeah. Because, you you know, obviously, God, you know, his gospel does not fulfill the lust of the flesh. No. You see, so this tells you right here, just this one verse, you know, in, um, in 2 Timothy 3, verse 4, you know, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Mm -hmm. What does that tell you? There's no appeasement for the flesh in God's kingdom. There's no appeasement for excitement and joy outside of the will of God. Mm -hmm. You know, there's nothing here that's supposed to sustain the world. I mean, sustain your flesh, except that you may live long obeying God, except that you fulfill the will that he calls us to have. Right. So if you are a lover of pleasure, you are more than that than lovers of God. Because, yeah, you can have pleasure in doing the Lord's will, but they're talking worldly desires here. So these are the things that people want to hear, that they want to get into, that are so outside of the truth. Right. So I want to go back to... Uh, well, the... the can, I, can we read verse 5 real quick? Because it... Because it kind of... Uh, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. So it's not only are these all these things happening, but it's cloaked under the form of godliness. Absolutely. And I think the biggest part, too, is that people enjoy their pleasure centers. Yeah. They are stuck in their emotions or in their souls that they have no conscious awareness of the spirit of what God calls us to do. Mm -hmm. And it's not that you can't enjoy your life and have fun, but, man, you got to do the Lord's will. Now, Paul had joy in the Lord's will. Yeah. You know, you look at all of the disciples, they had joy and doing what the Lord called them to do. Why? They were spiritually minded. Their minds were like Christ. Mm -hmm. exactly. Okay, so the fact that we covered that, you know, I want to go into something else. Let's go back to um, 1 John chapter 4, and we'll start at verse 3. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of Antichrist, whereof ye have heard that, is, uh, that it should come, and even now is already in the world. So if the spirit of Antichrist was around back then, then you know it's really on the scene today. Oh, yeah. And, you know, the spirit of Antichrist, because a lot of people are waiting for that one man to come, and he's coming. But the point is, is that anytime you hear Jesus couldn't possibly be the only way, that's the spirit of Antichrist. Anytime you believe that science... Okay, real science disproves the Bible. That is the spirit of Antichrist. Anytime you hear anything about other religions, okay, or that they're all accepted, when you're talking one world government, when you're talking one world religion, when you hear of Jesus being kicked out of school, then you hear the Ten Commandments being moved out of the court system. You know, when we got a Muslim in the White House pretending to be a Christian, or you have false Christian uh, presidents doing everything that is unchristian, standing for abortion, but you're claiming to be a Christian, okay? Anybody that promotes and tells you that homosexuality is okay, okay, and it is normal, and they were born that way, man, that goes outside of the Spirit of God. That is the spirit of Antichrist, okay? Wherever you go in the education system, the Greek mind, the Jew mind, all those things tie up in together. They're all against Christ. Matter of fact, let's go to uh, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. I got something to say, uh, if you don't mind. 
Yeah, I'm gonna make this real quick. Um, they're just talking about you know having a Muslim in the White House. So, remember a couple of weeks ago when I told you about the thing that's going on in North Carolina with the whole you know the transgender? Yeah. Well, now Texas is standing up and saying they're not going to do it either. However, that being said, it's also in the public school system. So, president is not going to give funding to those schools who refuse to have transgender bathrooms. That's now, how funny. many people? can afford to homeschool their children these days because both both parents are working. That's See right. how it falls down? Both parents are working, started with there. Now you can't afford to homeschool your children. Right. It's all Satan's agenda. Yeah, it's all his mission. All right, First Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 1. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him, that ye be soon not shaken in mind, or be troubled, neither by spirit, nor by word, nor by letter, as from us, uh, as the day of Christ is at hand. Now, if the day of Christ is at hand, in Second Thessalonians chapter 2, okay, the time of Paul, mm-hmm. you know, um, I don't know, 60 AD or whatever, somewhere around there. Now, we are already in 2016. And this spirit of Antichrist is everywhere. So he's saying back then not to be shaken in mind, nor be troubled, neither by spirit, nor by word, nor by letter. So the thing that we have to worry about is keeping our faith. Mm-hmm. That this world is set up in such a way that what it takes, whatever it takes to lose your faith is good enough for the devil. He doesn't play by one rule or one side. Even if you don't believe in him and he can get you out of the truth of this Bible... Man, he's good. that's good enough for me because I know a person that doesn't believe the truth in the Bible can't be saved. That's one other person that joined me in the lake of fire. Right. That's how he sees it. Yeah, He's going to take a lot of people with him. All right. The day of the Lord is at hand. Verse 3. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first. That word for falling away is apostasia, meaning apostasy. Meaning, you know, falling from the truth. Right. Then it says, and that man of sin will be, um, that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, which is, you know, the Antichrist, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God, or that sitteth and worshipped, I mean, or that is worshipped, so that he is, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, shewing himself that he is God. So what we understand here is that this guy is going to exalt himself above all that is called God. Now, this is what the church or the body of Christ should be fighting against. Mm -hmm. But instead, they put it outside of the church as if it's not important. Right. You know, and then it says, "Remember remember ye not that when I was with you, I told you these things. And now ye know uh, that what withholdeth that he might be revealed in his time. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he that now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. Now you know that that's the Antichrist. Mm -hmm. But you know when it's talking about here about the Lord sending strong delusion to them that that don't want to receive the truth that they will believe a lie. Right. So we have to love the truth in Christ regardless of what it says. Right. Regardless of how it may offend you, 
man, you either standing on the truth with Jesus or you standing in error with Satan. Mm -hmm. There's no other way around it. Okay, so from there, I want to go to uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Because remember, this guy is supposed to exalt himself above all that is called Christ. Yep. Now look at 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Now I, Paul, myself, uh, beseech you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ, who in presence and base among you, but being absent and bold toward you. But I beseech you that I may not be bold when I am present with the confidence wherewith I think to be bold against some uh, which think of us as if we were walked according to the flesh. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are, car are not carnal, but mighty through God uh, to the pulling down of strongholds casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. This is the work that the church itself is supposed to do. Mm -hmm. Now this here is clearly speaking of the world, the spirit of Antichrist, Satan himself being the ruler of this world. He promotes what? Evolution over Christ. He promotes homosexuality over Christ. He promotes gender, male and female, you know, being amalgamated over Christ. So all these things that ch the church should be addressing, forget about offense. That's a bunch of nonsense. Okay, the, the word is a, Jesus is a rock of offense. He's going to offend those that are worldly. They have nothing to do with his will. Yep. So what should the church be doing? The church should be speaking against homosexuality. The church should be speaking against evolution. Oh, well, that's a science topic. Evolution is not even science. That needs to be addressed so that the school system kids would know not to lose their faith at early ages. Right. So this, this type of stuff should be exposed with the word of God. Exactly. So every high thing, everything that is against God should be brought down and exposed. Mm -hmm. No questions asked. This is the work of the church. Exactly. Spiritual weapons and a spiritual warfare going against a, a renegade cherub. That is true. And his people, or his entities. All right, back to uh, 1 John chapter 4, verse... Um, so you know that the Antichrist, <laughs> that spirit is already in the world. Mm -hmm. Verse 4. Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than, than he that is in the world. So, like the Bible says many times, we have to be overcomers. Yeah. What do we overcome? The world, the flesh, and the devil. Yep. You know, and a lot of people don't want to get into this, but this is exactly the truth. Mm -hmm. Verse 5, they are of the world. Therefore speak they of the world, and the world heareth them. Okay, so why does the world hear them? We're going to tackle two subjects right here. Let's go to uh, Romans 8 for verse 4 of John, you know. But we're going to yep. Romans 8. That's what we're going to tackle that with. Okay, Romans 8, and we'll start at...
We'll start at verse of 35. Romans 8 and 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for thy sake, we are killed all the day long. Um, we are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. We're killed all the day long. He's talking about your flesh. Mm -hmm. Okay, but then it says 37. Nay, in all things, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So look at all the stuff that you would have to cling to the faith and go through to follow the Lord. Yeah. So we have to be overcomers. Jesus said, you know, ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. Mm. We will have tribulation. So we have to be overcomers. And greater is us, Christ in us, than is in the world. Because why? He overcame it. Right. He overcame the world. He died and resurrected. So he made that available that we should all get through this. But people are, because of the misinterpretation of that, people think that they don't have to do anything. He wants us to overcome the world through his Holy Spirit in us. Oh, yeah. But we still have to do it. We can't just sit back and relax and chill and think nothing's going to happen to us. Exactly. First uh, John chapter 4, verse 5, and it says, They are... Uh, of the world, therefore speak they of the world, and the world heareth them. We are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us. Uh, he that know not, uh, he that is not of God, uh, heareth not us. Hereby uh, know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Okay, so what we're going to do here is let's go to uh, John one. Go to John one, the Gospel of John. And then we're going to tackle the other uh, verses. Okay, John 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, which is Jesus Christ, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So he was also God. That's clear. Capital G. It doesn't matter what Jehovah's Witnesses say is not true. Right. Okay. The same was in the beginning with God. In the beginning of what? In the beginning of everything yeah. was with God. All things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life and the life was the light of men. So that's, you know, what Adam and Eve had. Mm -hmm. And the light shineth in darkness and the darkness comprehended it not. So you see, light and dark have no grouping together whatsoever. If you're of Christ, you know, and those that are of the world, man, they can't comprehend this. Mm -hmm. People are going to be offended. Why? You have to be more spiritually minded. Yep. So then it says, there was a man uh, sent from God whose name was John. The same came uh, for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He was not of that he was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light uh, which light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. 
He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, unto them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Okay, so those that did receive him were those of the truth. Yeah. Those who, who were outside of the truth knew him not. So he's speaking the spiritually minded that became the manifested sons of God and are becoming the manifested sons of God right. versus those that don't know him. Mm -hmm. Why don't they know him? Because they, the two just don't go together. Right. Spiritually minded and earthly, worldly minds do not mix. No. It's like oil and water. Yeah. So from here, let's go back to Romans 8 to make another quick point. I promise we'll finish up John. But there's, there's key things that need to be broken down so that people have an understanding as to what we're dealing with. About teaching and having the right understanding. That's right. Romans 8 verse 1. There is therefore no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus have made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. Remember what he said, if they hear... If they don't hear me, it's because they mind other things, the right. things of the world. Yeah. Those that hear God walk in the spirit. Mm -hmm. Those that don't hear God walk in the flesh. Yep. Okay, verse 5. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. You think about fleshly things. But they that are after the spirit mind the things of the spirit. For to be carnally, carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is subject, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. So that tells you there that a carnally minded person can't even accept Jesus Christ. Right. They'd be the enemy of God, a whole nature so separate from him that they wouldn't hear nor understand no. because they're not of the same spirit. Yeah. Okay, so we can go back. I just wanted to make that point. But it's funny you say that because I know we've talked about this in the past, but when you try to present Jesus to someone who's carnally minded, it just, it's almost like you're talking to a brick wall. Yeah. Because it's like they have, they, they it, you see things in the spiritual mind, they see things in the carnal mind, and it's like it's two separate mindsets. Mm -hmm. It's almost like you're talking to a baby. Exactly. And I mean, that's why it says here in, um, you know, back to First um, John 4 and 4. Ye are of God, little children, and, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than is in the world. Mm -hmm. So that you have to be an overcomer. That's right. a must. Yeah. Then it says, uh, 5, they that are of the world, therefore speak they of the world. Remember what he said in Romans 8. Mm -hmm. You know, they are carnally minded. The things that those that are mind the flesh... You know, those that are of the flesh mind the things of the flesh. Right. Okay, those that are of the spirit, the things of the spirit. 
and the world heareth them. So the world, remember Jesus said, if I were in the world, if I were of the world, the world would love his own. Mm -hmm. But because it's not of the world, they hate him. Verse 6, uh, 1 John 4 and 6. We are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth us not. Hereby uh, know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. This is talking about discernment, that you have to know the truth. Mm -hmm. And this is why you got a lot of babes in Christ being deceived. Don't know the truth at all. Don't have any understanding of the truth. Right. Why? They don't read the word. They don't graduate to the point of being full of the Holy Ghost and letting the Holy Ghost lead them. Right. The Holy Ghost brings forth that truth. Okay, so from here, because I want to say when it talks about the spirit of truth and the spirit of error, I want to make a, a quick point concerning that. So let's go to um, John 14 and 16 first. The Gospel of John. Okay, John, St. John 14 and verse 16. And I will pray the Father that he shall give you another comforter. Now, he was speaking to the children. of He was speaking to the disciples here. He had prayed. They were of the same spirit. So because they were of the same spirit and following Christ, that he would send them another comforter. What does that mean? He was the first comforter. Right. So now that he has to go, he's sending another comforter. Mm -hmm. And we know that that is the Holy Ghost. That he may abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth. That's what the, pretty much they're saying in normal terms. Even the Holy Ghost, this comforter, the Holy Ghost is not just a comforter. He's also the spirit of truth. That's pretty much what it's saying. Right. Okay. Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, <laughs> neither knoweth him, but ye know him, uh, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. Okay, so those who can't accept the truth or see the truth in Christ, they do not have the Holy Ghost. No. It's that clear. If the Holy Ghost lives in you, you will seek the truth. It's that simple. Okay, so we'll go pick it up in verse 18. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you yet a little while, and the world seeth me no more. But ye shall see me, because I live, ye shall live also. So he's talking about the end. Right. Verse 20. At that day, uh, ye shall know that I am in the Father, and ye in me, and I in you. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, um, he it is that loveth me, and he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. It's that clear. You know, you follow what the Lord tells you to do. Not only do you have the love of Jesus, you got the love of the Father, and I will manifest myself to him. Right. How would he manifest himself to us? In the Holy Spirit. And Mark 16 and 15. These signs oh, yeah. shall follow them they'll that have, believe. Have power. Right. In my name, they will cast out devils. They will speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. If they drink any deadly thing, it shall not harm them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So eventually Jesus will manifest himself to us or to that believer, you know, following with signs. Right. So, you know, uh, verse 22, 
Judas saith unto him, not Iscariot. So it's not Judas Iscariot here. This is the brother of Jesus. Lord, how is it that thou wilt manifest thyself unto us and not unto the world? Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my father will love him, and he will come unto me, and he will come unto him and make him and make our abode with him. Now what's that abode with him? That is the manifestation of the sons of God, right. being full of the Holy Ghost. I'm going to continue, 24. He that loveth me not, keepeth not my sayings. And the word which uh, ye hear is not mine, but the Father's which sent me. These things have I spoken unto you, being yet present with you. Now I said all that to say this, verse 26. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. Peace, you know, um, I leave uh, with you my peace. I give unto you, not as the world giveth, uh, give I unto you, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So, of course, this comforter he's sending is going to teach you all things. Mm -hmm. Now, if he's the spirit of truth, what is he coming to teach? If the Holy Ghost is the spirit of truth, what would the Holy Ghost be coming to teach us? The things of Christ. We're bringing us back into remembrance of what his word is. And, and the truth. And the truth. Yeah. If he is the spirit of truth and he's going to teach truth, that the truth is going to be in us. Mm -hmm. Okay, so those that don't want to receive the truth have not the Spirit of God. It's right. that simple. Right. Okay, so for me, I want to go to Hebrews 5.12. Because this is a big part of why the church itself does not have an understanding of the truth of God. Does right. not get it. All right, Hebrews 5.12. Uh, For when the time uh, ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For everyone that uses milk uh, is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. So if you're using milk... You're unskillful in the word of righteousness. Right. Then it says 14, but strong meat. Now, this is what the strong meat is for. Belongeth to them that are of full age, meaning mature, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Now, we can go right back to John and find a parallel here right. in First John. First John verse... Uh, I mean, chapter 4, uh, verse 6. And then here we go. So this was the explanation. We are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Mm -hmm. Why? Because they are of God. Mm -hmm. So there's no such thing as a person of God being deceived. The Holy Ghost is going to bring you more truth but it's our job to read this book and have an understanding. The Holy Ghost is going to lead you on the right doctrine. Right. He's not going to teach you an error. 
So if you're if you're teaching an error or, or someone of error and the Holy Ghost doesn't bring to your attention that you're wrong, chances are you're not even saved. Right. He's not ruling your life. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another, for the love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. So if you love, then you know of God, and you're born of God. You're born again. Verse 8, he that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. So love itself is not just an emotion, you know, I mean, or like some think it is. It's the presence of God, okay? You can't love if you don't have the Spirit of God. You love in selfishness. You're loving fear. You know, you're loving all the things, what you can get out of the deal, which really is no love at all. Nope. Okay, uh, verse 9. And this was manifested, the love of God toward us, because that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. Now, we can go right back because everyone wants to love, love, you know. Now, go back to verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another, for God is of, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. Now, see, that sounds real good to a soulish person. See, brother, we just love everybody. You see, you want to talk about works, and you want to talk about bringing people to the truth, offending people. Well, we don't offend anybody. We just show love, brother. Okay, you show love. Look at God's example of showing love. Right. Verse 9. And this was manifested the love of God toward us, because that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. So the Lord had to watch his only begotten son get crushed, okay, for the sake of you and me, all right, a son that did no wrong. Now that's the love of God. That's the real love of God. Let's go to Isaiah 53 real quick. God so loved the world that he gave. He wasn't just receiving. Mm -hmm. He wasn't just doing what made him feel good. You think it made him feel good to have his own son killed? No. For the sake of you and me, wretched sinners, who were well worthy of what we deserved. Oh, yeah. Still are. Yeah. Yep. Isaiah 53, we'll start at the first verse. Who hath believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the world revealed? I mean, of the Lord, sorry. The arm of the Lord revealed. Uh, for he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of the dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness. And, and when we shall see him, there was no beauty that we should desire him. So people better start stop painting pictures of Jesus being this handsome being, you know, with long hair floating around with a flower in his mouth. They better understand that Jesus Christ was not attractive. No. The Bible says that he was unattractive. He was ugly. Mm -hmm. There was nothing in him to be desired. Right. He looked like your average person. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, comeliness. And when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. 
and we hid, uh, as it were, our faces from him, he was despised, and we esteemed him not. Now, let's get this clear. We hid our faces from him. Could he have been that ugly? I want people to really understand this. Yeah. Could he have been that ugly that when you looked at him, you wanted to look away? Mm -hmm. He was that unattractive. Okay, and then it was, and he was despised. And we esteemed him not. You know, isn't it funny, though, if you are worldly, there's something about an attractive person that just makes you all of a sudden believe that this person is godly mm -hmm. and a worldly mind. You, oh, man, I just like being around them. Why? Because they look good. You know, so, I mean, it's kind of like that's the world mind. It is. But you notice the people that are not very attractive, even before you even, and it's not for me to say who's attractive or who isn't, because that's the first thing I'll get an email about that, about who's, oh, you calling people ugly. I'm not calling people anything. It's what the world, the way the world sees it. Now, you can have someone very unattractive with a heart of gold, but people are very standoffish from them. Mm -hmm. if, if that person were to say, I am a child of God, a true Christian, you know, you'd spend your time as a worldly person looking them up and down, seeing if they got missing teeth, seeing if, you know, just, uh, I mean, I, I don't know how God can come through an individual like this. He did. Look at his shoes. Exactly. But, you know, that's the world mind. We have to come to the reality that, you know, it's what's in the spirit of a person. Jesus' eyes saw deep. Right. They and weren't I, on the surface of things. Go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to, and I use myself as an example of when I was younger, I would find, I wanted to be with a really, and there's nothing wrong with, I, I guess, being with somebody attractive, as long as they're attractive spiritually. But when I was younger, I wanted to be with a guy who, you know, had, very attractive, look good, dressed well. But if someone's only attractive on the outside and they're not godly on the inside, they're they're ugly inside. Absolutely. They're not spiritual. And people get caught up. You're so right. People get caught up with the flesh. People get caught up with the outward appearances. And you see some of these Christian couples walking around and maybe they're not attractive, but that doesn't matter because... The physical appearance is not what we should be drawn to. Well, you know, there are a lot of times you see couples that you would think, man, how could they be together? Right. But the point is, is they're probably linked spiritually. Exactly. And I think that's an awesome thing. Yeah. When, you know, because it's really not about the outward appearance. It's not. You know, uh, verse 4. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. I mean, look at this. Mm -hmm. This guy is carrying our sorrows, our sins, everything that would send us to a burning hell. And we looked at him like, man, look at this nasty. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe that this is the son of God. But in his heart, man, you know, in his love, even while they sat there and they spat on him and they did all these things that he still, you know, like just went through with it, asking the father to forgive them. Mm-hmm. You know, not just, you know, going up and getting upset or, you know, you know what, Dad, I've had enough. Let him have it. He didn't come that way. Yeah. All right. So, um, uh, verse 5. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes uh, we are healed. 
All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned uh, every one of his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. The iniquity of us was all on the Lord. Verse 7. He was oppressed and he was afflicted. He was op and he opened not his mouth, or yet he opened not his mouth. Uh, he uh, is brought as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before uh, her shearers is dumb. So he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment, and who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living. For the transgression of my people he was stricken, and he made his grave with the wicked and with the rich of in his death. And, uh, because he had done no violence, neither was any deceit of his, in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord, this is the Father, to bruise him. He have put him to grief when thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin. He shall see his seed. Now that word for um, bruise is also like crushed. You know, that's what it means in uh, Hebrew. Mm -hmm. You know, like just mutilated. You know, uh, his soul an offering for sin. He shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days. And the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. So what we better understand about this is the Lord himself did lots of things he did not want to do, the Father and the Son. Okay, Jesus himself said, Lord, let this pass, Father, let this cup pass from me, but let your will be done. Mm -hmm. So he didn't want to die either. But the will of the Father was that important. The Father loved the Son that much. The Son loved the Father that much. That in obedience they gave, and they gave a life, the most precious life of the most precious blood, to bring us, to redeem us for something that we don't even deserve. I mean, and, and that's what real love is. Right. Real love is selflessness. Real love is giving. You know? That's what we have to sink into. That's the only way to do the Lord's will. To truly do it is to understand that he gave. Right. He loved and he gave. He didn't love and receive. All right. Uh, ten. All right, verse 10. Herein is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation, which is like appeasement for our sins. We just read that in Isaiah. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. No man hath seen God at any time. If we love, if we love one another, uh, God dwelleth in us, and his love is perfected in us. Jesus said, what greater love is there than to lay down your life for my friends? Jesus said, I love the sheep. I, lay down, I am the good shepherd. I lay down my life for my sheep. That's the real, that's real love. Right. Um, let's see, uh, verse 13. Hereby know we that we dwell uh, in him and he in us, because he hath given us of his spirit, which is the Holy Ghost. 
If you don't have the Spirit of God, you don't have the nature of God. It's impossible to walk the ways of the Lord or to mature spiritually if you're not of God. Verse 14. And we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son uh, to be the Savior of the world. So he sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. I mean, you know, uh, 15. Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in him. And he is God. I mean, and he and God. And we have known and believed the love of God hath unto us. God is love. And he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God and God in him. So if you're afraid to confess the name of Jesus in public, amongst people and things like that, I mean, chances are the spirit is not even in you. Mm -hmm. Because if you, if the spirit of God is in you, then you confess Jesus Christ. So this ought to be a check for, for all of us as far as having the Spirit of God. Because if the Spirit of God lives in you, then you're going to have the Spirit of God. You're going to do what the Lord says. Right. You're going you're gonna to be as proud as your Lord as He is of you. And you're, you're going to have no qualms about telling the truth. There'll be no problem in that. Mm -hmm. uh, am I 17? Yeah. Herein is our love made perfect in Christ, that we may uh, have boldness in the day of judgment in Christ. Because as he is, so are we in this world. As he is, so are we in this world. Where people get the mindset, Jesus did it all. You know, Jesus did do it all, but you know what? He also did it first with more to come. Right. He was the forerunner. He was the first fruits of what needed to be done in this world. The disciples were like Christ, so they were called Christians in Antioch. Why? Because they were like Christ. Mm -hmm. It's that simple. Uh, 18. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. This is true. This is so true. Let's go to... Um, Second Timothy Second uh, uh, Timothy one. All right. Second uh, Timothy one six. Wherefore I put in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God, which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. That's what Dick and Marge did, yeah. you know, with us. Uh, seven, for God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So that tells you there that if you have fear in you, now fear of the Lord is the only fear that we should have. Why? To do what is righteous. But even then, that fear only tells you, you know, you don't need that either because you're following the Lord. You love him enough not to go against him. You know, you also fear him enough not to go against him. Right. But you also have a changed nature to do the will of the Lord. So we can go back to 18. There is no, uh, 1 John 4 and 18. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear. Because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. This is true. You know this because God is love. 
So not only are you not perfect in love, you're not perfect in God, meaning you're not mature in God. Why? Because you fear so much that you can't tell people the truth in Jesus Christ, fearing losing your job, fearing going before, you know, or, or losing your friends, fear of being called judging and condemning. The Bible says that he that is spiritual judgeth all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. So the only type of judgment that should not be made in the kingdom of God is hypocritical judgment. But if you are spiritually judging something that you don't do, it is okay for you to point out and to correct. That's what the body of Christ does. We uplift one another. What does Paul say? Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with all love. Okay, so we have to do it. You know, but people are so afraid of offense today that no one wants to do the will of the Lord. Right. You know, perfect love casts out fear. Man, if I love the way that God says to love, I would be so worried about these 7.2 billion people going to hell. It'd be that simple for me. Man, I'm on the job. I'm not worried about me. I have salvation. I'm worried about saving that 7.2 billion people out there because I don't want them to go to hell. Even if it means I lose my life, even if it means I go to jail, even if it means a bunch of things that have nothing to do with, you know, me and my and I, me and myself, then I know that I love perfectly in the Lord. Because mm -hmm. I can't see a parent eating a dinner or, you know, preparing enough food for themselves and watching your kids go to bed hungry. It's the same kind of love right. that we are supposed to have towards one another. Exactly. I can't see, you know, there's a story I'm going to tell you. I remember this being a kid, but there was a story in New York at uh, Utica Avenue. Um, I think you could probably look this story up in the news. This was about 1984, 85. But uh, there was Utica Avenue train station in Brooklyn. There were kids that were playing on the platform, running around. Their mom told them repeatedly, witnesses and everyone said, told them, stop playing. Stop playing on the platform, you know, because trains come in and out of the station. Don't you know that one of the kids fell on the track as the train was coming and that mom jumped down into the track? You can look this story up. This is about 1984, 1985. She jumped down in the track knowing that she wouldn't survive, but she threw her son up and she ended up being killed. Mm. But that is the type of love. Now, some people, man, that's a tragic story. It is. But it's also one of triumph and of love. Because despite that child's disobedience, she still ran. She didn't say, ha ha, good for you. You know, or I'm not going to know. Hey, I told them. No, that's not the love that resonates in someone that, that is of God. The fact that that child was one of hers. She jumped down in that track knowing she wouldn't survive and had just enough time to throw her child up and meet her fate with an A-train coming in real fast. You know, I mean, those trains are not like the Max. They got eight, ten cars. They're way more and they're bigger. That doesn't make a difference. But the point is, is that that's the type of love we should have to our brothers and sisters. That's the kind of love we should have towards our enemies as well. You know, so... Uh, Let's see, 1 John 4, 19. Uh, we love him because he first loved us. If uh, a man say, I love God and hateth his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, 
How can he love God whom he hath not seen? Exactly. And this commandment have we from him, that uh, he who loveth God love, love his brother also. So, you know, that tells you there that um, we really need to check ourselves because real love is giving. That's the kind of love that Paul had, Timothy had, Peter had, all those who met their faith bringing forth the truth of the gospel. When you bring forth the truth in God, this world will turn against you violently. Okay, if the world loves you bringing forth the gospel, if you're Times Man of the Year, you Ebony Man of the Month, or, you know, whatever it is that they have you as by the world, if you're celebrated by the world, you are not of God. Because the Bible says, James says, that friendship with the world is the enemy of God. You know, uh, Romans 8 says, you know, uh, the carnal mind is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. People that are in the flesh can't please God. So how can God be exalting you to Time Magazine and the world loving you? No, you will love one and one will love, you know, you love one and hate the other. You can't serve two masters. That's what First uh, 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 Corinthians chapter 10 says, you know, in 20. All right, First uh, John 5, you want to add anything? First John 5 verse 1. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone that loveth him that begat loveth him also that is begotten of him. So you got the Father and the Son's love if you believe that Jesus is the Christ. Jesus is the Christ was of the Father. It's that simple. Okay, verse 2. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God, uh, that we keep his commandments, and uh, his commandments are not grievous. Now, why are his commandments not hard and grievous? You know, Moses' law was, you know, they couldn't bear that. So again, we got to go to Matthew 22 and 35 to prove this. And I don't mind running this over and over because... People love to try and tell you what God's will is. It has nothing to do with his will or nothing to do with his law. You got a lot of these false, you know, Israelite groups telling you that the law be fulfilled. The law was fulfilled in Jesus Christ. And that law still stands to this day. Right. Which law is that? Matthew, that's right. Matthew, uh, Matthew 22 and 35. Then one of them which was a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him and saying, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment, and the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. So everything is about loving the Lord and loving your neighbor. When you do these both, you complete the Ten Commandments. It's that simple. The first five are your relationship with God. The last five are your relationship with others. Right. You know, so that's what we can go back. But I just wanted to bring that point up. So that's why his, um, his commandments are not grievous. Because if you're of the Spirit of God... You got no problem loving everybody. You know, now loving does not mean that you don't offend. 
Okay, that's the lie that they try and promote in the world. You can offend and you will offend bringing forth the truth and loving your neighbor. I love you enough that you won't go to hell. This is why I'm telling you the truth. I love you enough because I don't want to see you in a place that we're, that we're scheduled for. I'd rather you go to heaven and learn the truth in God. So I love you enough to tell you the truth. Because if I love you enough to not tell you the truth, then there's no love whatsoever. That's just me wanting you to like me so I can get something from you so you won't be mad at me. So it ain't about you or my love for you. It's about how you view me that I'm most concerned about. So that's what people need to understand. You going to say something? Uh -huh. All right. Verse 4. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. So in order to even hang on to our faith or our, our true faith, we'll overcome the world. Everything that's in the world. Being more spiritually minded. Doing the things of God. Forsaking the things of this world. That is a spiritual mind. Okay, that's, that's fulfilling the will of the Lord. Okay, so, and then I'll read it again, verse 4. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. So we know that we have to be born again. Jesus said, that which of flesh, that is flesh, is flesh. That which is of the spirit is spirit. The two do not go together. It's that clear. Verse 5. Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God, this is he that came by water and blood, uh, even, even Jesus Christ, not by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit that beareth witness, because the Spirit is truth. So you know that you can't have the Spirit of God if you are one. Jesus was baptized in the water. Okay? Jesus shed his blood. He was a sacrifice, but then, you know, then the Spirit bears witness to this. So we have to be witnesses, you know, the Greek word there is marturio, but the point is, is that it doesn't mean exactly that. It's also canceling the flesh. It's also subduing the flesh to do the will of the Lord. Right. Okay, so it says, um, yeah, the Spirit is truth, verse 7. For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father the Word, which is Jesus, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. There's your trinity, folks, for those who don't want to believe. Why would they mention the Word and the Father if Jesus and the Father were the same person? Right. Why would they all manifest themselves in three different ways and be the same being if it says that the three here are one? Right. They are all God. That's what the Bible is saying for those who don't understand. Verse 8. And there are three that bear witness in earth, which means us. We're the earth dwellers, okay? Is um, the Spirit, which is the Holy Ghost, and the water, which is your what? Repentance, your baptism, uh -huh. you know? You're um, repenting before the Lord, and you're going forward. And the blood, which is the shed blood of Jesus. You have to accept it. You got to accept that he died for your sins, and he's your covering. It's his blood that made you saved. Those are the three that bear witness in the earth. The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, the baptism, and the Holy Ghost. All right. 
uh, and the blood, and these three agree in one. means you need them all. Okay, some people don't, oh, you don't need to be baptized because they pay attention to the thief on the cross. Well, that was the thief on the cross. He was given his last chance to come to the truth and find out who Jesus Christ is, and he was welcomed into the kingdom. But he did repent. Okay, but for us who know better, why was Jesus baptized in water if it wasn't um, supposed to be done? Right. So you follow as the master followers. That guy, see, the, the thing is, it's not so much what is done, it's what would be done. That thief on the cross would have jumped down and been baptized in a minute. Of course, he was nailed to the, he was tied to the cross, so you can't do it. Yeah. But if, if it need be, the Lord knew his heart that he would have done it. He would have followed Christ. He was tied up. Right. And even then, he gave his last to the Lord. He believed into the end, until the end of his life. Okay, uh, verse uh, 8. And there are three that bear witness in earth, the spirit and the water and the blood. And these three agree in one. Now notice it repeated that twice. Okay? Because, I mean, that's the thing that when they tell you to pay attention, when you hear something more than once. Mm -hmm. Verse 9. If we receive the witness of men, uh, the witness of God is greater. For this is the witness of God, which he hath testified of his son. Exactly. His death, his shed blood, the sprinkling in the heavenly tabernacle. It was the blood of the innocent. It was the baptism. And it was the Holy Ghost who would come down to preach the truth in Christ. Right. You see how they all go together. Mm -hmm. And you have to believe in all three. Yep. And that's why it says that's the witness that testifieth unto the Son. Uh, verse 10. He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. He that believeth not God hath made him a liar, because he believeth not the record that God gave of his Son. And that's what the Holy Ghost comes to testify. Mm -hmm. Verse 11. And this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life. And this life is in his son. He that hath the son hath life. And he that hath not the son of God uh, hath not life. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the son of God. That ye may know that ye have eternal life and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. you got to believe in Jesus. There's no other way. There is no other name given amongst men whereby we must be saved. Right. It's that simple. Okay. Uh, verse 14. And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. If we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. Oh, see, you got some people, I don't believe there's a God because I asked him for something, he didn't give it to, to me. Was it according to his will? That's the question. Right. Because all things that are according to his will are godly. Right. He's not going to help you satisfy your flesh. Now, of course, he can give you abundance, give you wealth, give you things. But if he gives you those things... It's going to be according to his will for you to do stuff for him, mm -hmm. for you to be in the right mind of Christ so you won't blow the money on whores, okay? You won't be down at the local bar, all right? You won't be doing things with that money that has nothing to do with God. Right. So if the Lord gives you wealth, he trusts you. 
He wants you to spread that wealth and give it out to other people. Right. Not to collect for self. Exactly. 14. 14. And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he hear us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have uh, the petitions that we desired of him. Exactly. So you know that you have him if you do these things. Mm -hmm. But also, you know, this is why, Lord, help me understand my Bible. That would be according to his will. Lord, tell me what your purpose is that you want me to do for you. Right. That's according to his will. Lord, stir up the gift that's in me. If I'm singing through ministry, Lord, put me in a place where that ministry can be anointed. Lord, if my gift is prayer, teach me how to pray. See, nobody asks for that stuff. Everybody wants to be a millionaire. Everybody wants a wife or a husband. You know, we got to understand that this is all about being vessels fit for the master to use. I'm not against marriage. The Lord will give you the desires of your heart. The Lord will give you the things that you desire. But everything in your life goes according to being a vessel fit for the master to use. That's it. He's not concerned about the other things of this life. He's concerned about you being a vessel fit to do the will of God, being born again, being brought to the truth. That's what's most important. Exactly. The Lord will bless you with other things, but that's the main thing. But like you say, we he has to know that we're going to be responsible with those things. If he were to give us a husband or a wife, are we going to are we, you know, giving the Lord our time first? Because if he gives us a husband or a wife, he has to trust that we're still going to give us. That we're right. still going to give our time to him, not just to that other person. That's right. And you're going to have to share your life with the Lord. Right. It's that your wife right. with the Lord. Exactly. Okay. You're going to have to share your husband with the Lord. Right. Because just because you got married still doesn't put the Lord on the back burner. No. When it comes time for fasting, there's no intimacy. Right. You know, you still have to be clean vessels fit for the master to use. Exactly. Verse 16. If, I think that's, yeah, yeah, verse 16. If any man see his brother's sin, a sin which is not unto death, he shall ask and he shall give him a life for them that sin not unto death. So he's saying like, as long as there's no sin that you kill yourself outright or sin unto death, then, you know, you ask the Lord to help this person that's in sin, that they may get life and see truth. Mm -hmm. Then it says, well, that's why it says, and he shall give him life for them that sin not unto death. Uh, like, in other words, death would be too late. Right. All right. Then it says, there is a sin unto death. I do not say that he shall pray for it. Like, in other words, he's saying, you know, if there is a sin unto death, but don't pray for that. I'm not asking you to pray for that. Okay, verse 17. All unrighteousness is sin, and there is a sin not unto death. We know that whosoever is born of God sinneth not, but he that is begotten of God keepeth himself, and that wicked, uh, that wicked one toucheth him not. So, you know, like Jude says, unto him that is able to keep you from falling. Mm -hmm. Matter of fact, let's go there real quick. Okay. Epistle of Jude. Because a lot of people think, you know, no, 
if I'm sinning, you know, I'm this and that, but no, the Lord can make it happen. The Lord can keep you from falling. Uh, Jude one sixteen. There's only one Jude, but the 16th verse. Uh, these are murmurings, complainings, walking after their own lust, and their mouth speaking um, great swelling words. Uh, having men's persons in admiration because of advantage. But beloved, remember ye the words which were spoken before of the apostles of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, see, this is what John was kind of talking about. Mm -hmm. uh, verse 18, how that they how that they told you there should be mockers in the last time who should walk after their own ungodly lust. These be they who separate themselves sensual, having not the spirit. What is sensual? Soulish, yeah. emotional, in your senses, mm -hmm. worldly. Mm -hmm. Okay? Those are the people that walk after their own ungodly lust. Right. Then it says, um, well, I'll read 19 again. These be they who separate themselves from whom? Separate themselves from uh, the Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ. Exactly. Separating themselves from God. Mm -hmm. So they're not walking in a godly way. Mm -hmm. That's why it says ungodly lust. Sensual means that which they can perceive with their five senses. Natural minded. Right. Being natural. Worldly. Then it says having not the spirit. Capital S. They don't have the Holy Ghost. But ye, beloved, build up yourselves on the most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And of some have compassion, making a difference. And others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. This is what we should be doing. Verse 24. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise God and Savior be glory and majesty, dominion and power both now and forever. Amen. So that tells you there that there is there, the Holy Ghost is able to keep you from falling. Right. The more that the Holy Ghost rules in you, the more space he takes up. He controls your tongue. He controls your thoughts. He controls your walk, the way you do things, the appetite that you have. You know, that's why the old vessel, the old wine vessel needs to go away and be full of the new wine. Right. You know, because if it doesn't hold the new wine or if an old vessel holds the new wine, the Lord says that it breaks. Yeah. So it's we got too much. The spirit is too much in a in a Exactly. Yeah. exactly, because you won't bend and ebb and flow like Jesus Christ does, right. like the Holy Ghost does. Right. You'll be still and stern in your ways, right. believing in your worldly mind, and you'll burst. Yeah. Because the Holy Ghost can't is not going to go for pride. Mm -hmm. It's not going to go for disobedience. You have to move as the Spirit wills. Exactly. 19. 19. And we know that we are of God, and the whole world lieth in the wicked one. Not part of it, not some people. The whole world lieth in the wicked one. All of it. Okay? We have to be extracted from this world into the mind of Christ. Okay? And why this is important? Let's go to Revelation 13 real quick. Revelation 13. 
Okay, we'll start at the first verse. We're going to run through this real quick. I know some people would think, what does that have to do with anything? You know, you got to understand what this whole thing is all about. Revelation 13, verse 1. And I stood upon the sand of the sea and saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his ten horns, uh, oh, and well, having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his heads the name of blasphemy. So, you know, we'll get into that. But then it says, the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard. You know that that leopard in Daniel 2 was Greece. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you know that like we talked about, this whole world tries to get you to think Greek. Like Plato, Aristotle, Socrates, all these people. There are no absolutes. You know, um, being a philosophy, love of wisdom, love of worldly wisdom, being a humanist. Mm -hmm. You know, psychology, study of the mind, all these things outside of the will of God. Right. Okay, so this is what this system in the end is going to be like following Greece, following politics. You know, the same old thing, you know, democracy, republic, mm -hmm. the Senate, all that corrupted garbage comes out of the world. It comes out of Greece. Okay, how to think Greek. This is what they teach you in science. Man, use your mind. Forget the mind of God. Use your mind. This is the Greek nature. So the, beach, the beast which he saw, which John saw, was like unto a leopard, meaning it had Greek influence. It moved swiftly like Alexander's group did, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and his feet were as the feet of a bear, meaning that it was like Medo-Persia. It was massive. It was everywhere. It was an army numbering many, okay, that, that overthrew. If you understood the Persian army, they were all about conquest, taken over by numbers. Right. Okay? So this, this beast is massive. And then it says, and his mouth as the mouth of a lion, meaning a Babylonian mouth, where all things come from. Mm -hmm. The lion was the symbol for Babylon. Mm -hmm. What do we get from the Catholic Church? Babylonian teaching. Yeah. What do we get from Hinduism? Babylonian um, religion. Yeah. What do we get from, um, from uh, Buddhism? Babylonian teaching. Yeah. Islam. They all go back to Babylon, mm -hmm. all false religions. So it would be full of a false religion in this system. Then it says, And the dragon, which is Satan, gave him power, which is authority, exousia, and his seat and his place. He was established and great authority. Okay, so this is what the devil gave him. Well, that would be dunamis also and great authority. So, you know, the devil gave this system Okay, that power. Mm -hmm. So what does it tell you? The dragon has control over this world. Then it says, And I saw one of his heads as it were wounded to death, and his deadly wound was healed. And all the world wondered after the beast. They worshipped the beast. They were in awe of the beast. Verse 4, And they worshipped the dragon which gave power unto the beast. I mean, you know, some people won't think this is going on. Look at the look at the devil teaching. You know, Jesus ain't the only way. Look at the man, you can be your own God. Isn't that what the dragon, that old serpent, promised Adam and Eve? It's the same makeup playing out today. Look at the Chinese and the Mayans. They worshiped a feathery flying serpent, a dragon. Mm -hmm. You know, look at the Hindus. They worship the serpent, the wisdom of the serpent. So you know that, that all influences of the world 
come right out of the dragon. Yep. They all belong to Satan. Uh, and, I, and they worship the dragon, which gave power unto the beast. And they worship the beast, saying, Who is like unto the beast? Now, this is the Antichrist. Who is able to make war with him? No one can. Okay, this is what they're saying. Uh, and there was given unto him a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies and power was given unto him to continue three and a half years, 40 and two months. Mm -hmm. And he opened his mm -hmm. mouth and blasphemy in blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle and them that dwell in heaven. So you know that any system like John says, beloved. Believe not every spirit, but test the spirits. Any spirit that don't confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, you know, or has come in the flesh, is of the spirit of Antichrist, which is already in the world. Right. This is what, you know, there were two different things where he mentioned the Antichrist, but this is the spirit that is now already in the world. Mm -hmm. It's going to blaspheme God. That's how you know where the spirit of Antichrist is. Okay. Then it says in verse 7, and it was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And power was given unto him over all kindreds and tongues and nations. If you look at this, I mean, look at how the Christian is hated today. This is what's playing out. Oh, yeah. Everybody hates the Christians. Yeah. This is why they're, they're promoting homosexuality. This is why you lose your faith in college and they don't want you to know the truth about Christ. Oh, yeah. Propagating the lie of evolution. Mm -hmm. This is where all this stuff comes from. Anything that minimizes God and pushes up the world or something else is the spirit of Antichrist. Uh, verse 8. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of this world, of the world. If any church is into promoting this type of stuff, then you know that it's the spirit of Antichrist. It's not of God. Right. I don't care how much they mention Jesus. If they're pushing up things over Jesus Christ, then you know that that's of the spirit of Antichrist. It's that simple. And they said, slain from the foundation of the world. So they were worldly. Okay? And they worshiped the beast. You see, all those that don't cling to the faith, that got this, you know, 21st century Jesus, that don't believe in the truth. Oh, it's okay to accept everybody and the Lord will be okay with that. Homosexuals can go to heaven. Even atheists, even Muslims, even people of other religions can all go to heaven. This is the spirit of Antichrist. Yeah. These are all those that will worship the beast. Okay. Because not only is the beast creating a world system, a world government, he's also creating a one world religion. So with all these religions included, they're all set up to worship that which is not of Christ, but is of... Antichrist. Exactly. Okay, so... That's why it says right after that in verse 9, If any man have an ear, let him hear. He that leadeth into captivity shall go into captivity. He that killeth with the sword must be killed with the sword. Uh, here is the patience and the faith of the saints, the real saints. This is what they will endure. Mm -hmm. This is what they will go through. Mm -hmm. Verse 11, And I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth. And he had two horns like a lamb and spake as a dragon. So this would be the false prophet. This is the other beast. Where one brings forth the one world religion, the other is going to bring forth the one world government. 
okay? And he had two horns like a lamb, meaning that he, you know, would look something like Jesus. He would be soft. You know, he would be friendly. He would tell you good jokes in church. He'll make you feel good about your family. He'll keep you worldly-minded and keep your flesh, um, you know, your flesh in the pleasure center, subdued. You know, your flesh being fed and fulfilled. Mm -hmm. But he spake as a dragon. So he's going to look friendly. He's going to be loved by all. This is what Pope Francis is doing. Yep. You know, oh, making everybody love him. Oh, everything included. Come on in, everybody. You know, the love of the Lord is everywhere. Come on in. Mm -hmm. This is what he's promoting. So, yeah, he looks peaceful like a lamb, but he speaks like a dragon. Why? Because he's speaking antichrist. He's not speaking like Christ. Verse 12. And he exerciseth all the power of the first beast before him. So he's like the antichrist and causeth the earth and them which dwell therein to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. So he's after the first beast. Okay, the only reason he's including all, it's an all-inclusive gospel, is not to love the people. It's to bring people into subjection of the Antichrist, who is anti-God, anti-Jesus, in place of Jesus. Right. That's the meaning of Antichrist. Right. Verse 13, And he, do, he doeth great wonders, so that he maketh fire come down from heaven on the earth, in the sight of men. Mm -hmm. So he's going to have this testimony where he's going to be like Elijah. I'm sure it's going to be false because the Bible says it will be, but it's going to make you think. And this is why we have to cling to the truth and understanding the difference between deception and what's real. Right. Because this thing is all about going off course, following your flesh, your pleasure centers, going into the false doctrine, mm -hmm. not receiving the truth in Jesus Christ. Right. Okay. And then it says, you know, so in the sight of men. So men will witness this. Then it says in 14, he deceives them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast. So what we understand here is he's going to show power. How was Jesus coming on the earth? Jesus showed power. He didn't come with enticing words of man's wisdom. Mm -hmm. He gave a demonstration of power to show the world who he was, right. that he was sent from God. Right. Well, the Antichrist is going to send false lying signs and wonders to make you think he's also of God, but he's going to do everything that is outside of God. Right. That's why Jesus said, them that seeketh the sign are an evil generation. Because it's about obedience unto him. But you see, you're going to have all these people. Man, I want to see some miracles. I want to see some signs. You're going to get signs, but you're going to be following a false doctrine. Someone that's not even of God. So along with the power of God, the doctrine has to be right. You know, there's just... And see, these are people that believe that the gifts of the Spirit are done away with. When they see this guy perform these miracles, like the Bible, and they don't know the Bible themselves... Look who they're going to flock to and believe they're from God. Yeah. That's why the Bible doesn't deny spiritual power. The Christians have it and the devil has it. The devil has spiritual power. He can do things. Yeah. But this is what needs to be shown so that people aren't deceived in the end. You have to test the spirit. John never said, well, anyone that has spiritual power is from God. And anyone that doesn't have spiritual power is not from God. He said, test the spirit. Mm -hmm. 
because one thing about the spirit of Satan, he will never confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Nope. He will always demean him. Oh, Jesus was cool, but we got Muhammad, we got Buddha, we got the others. So, you know, he's just in their class. They're all in the same school, but they're all even. No, there is no name given amongst men, no other name given among men whereby we must be saved. It's the truth in Jesus Christ. Exactly. That's it. He's the way, the truth, and the life. Okay, and then it says, verse 14, He deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast. Now, who gave him the power? Satan. Mm -hmm. Saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image to the beast, so that he's an idolater, yeah. uh, which had the wound uh, by the sword and did live. What does the Catholic Church do with all these religions? They yeah. love to build idols of right. that which they believe is God right. or godly. When our Bible speaks against it, our Lord does. Uh, verse 15, And he had power to give life unto the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. So we got to cling to the faith. Mm -hmm. And he causeth all both small and great, both rich and poor, both free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads. And this is a technological statement. This is where the whole system is being set up. This is why you got chips in your credit cards. This is why if your dog runs away, they chip them. This is why they put a chip in you if you got medical issues. It's got nothing to do with your health. This system is being amalgamated to all do one thing, and that serve Antichrist. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it says, um, And that no man might buy or sell, save he that had the mark, or the name of the beast, or the number of his name. So you either have the mark, you accept the chip, or you got the name of the beast, which is his title, because you're just like him. You go to church, but you ain't change a thing. You still believe in this false stuff. These fake holidays. You still believe in all the things that pleasure the, that pleasure the flesh. Jesus said, where your heart be, I mean, where your treasures are, there will your heart be also. So you'll see everything start to form right under this beast. And then it says, or the number of his name, six, man, fallen man, degenerate man. Okay, a man without God, a man that knows not the spirit. You'll never be seven which is God's number of perfection, you'll be like your father Adam, which is fallen man. So six will be your number. So you'll have the number of the beast. If you accept not Christ, get into the spirit of Christ and do what the Lord tells you to do. Then it says, uh, 18, here is wisdom. Let him that have understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is six hundred, three score, and six. 666, interesting point too is when it talks about um, you won't be able to buy or sell. I mean, we're all getting geared up for that. This is why Jesus said in John 16, man, ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. The ruler of this world comes. He's got nothing in me. We have to be the same way because this clearly states that this is not going to accommodate a Christian. Okay, a Christian's got no place in this. No. A Christian is going to be on the outside looking in. And unless we can 
get away from the things of this life and seek the Lord for our desires and needs, spiritual growth and real power, being transformed into the image of Jesus Christ, you will worship the beast because you've got nothing to stand on but carnal means which will all belong to the beast. It's that simple. All right, so we can go back to 1 John. I know everybody thinks we forgot that, but this is what this is the point that's being made. That we've got to forsake the things of this life. Go ahead. I was just going to make a point real quick of um, the clothing that people are wearing today. Mm-hmm. Like certain stores are selling, you know, the goat of Mendes, and it has, you know, five pointed sword, goat of five pointed star, the goat of Mendes. And 666, right on top of it. And it's like these people wear it like it's just nothing. Like it's a shirt, like it's a regular shirt, and it's not. Well, I was just telling someone the other day, too, well, yesterday, actually, while I was at work, that this is exactly what's being set up. Why they're putting these bathrooms together, Mm -hmm. why homosexuality is accepted, why you got bestiality pornos and all this stuff going on. Everything is going to go to that image of that bathroom man. He looks like a goat, like Satan, Mm -hmm. three horns on his head, lust of the eyes, lust of of the flesh, pride of life. All right, it has a male phallus symbol there, male member, and then it has breast of a female. This is what the devil wants to turn the image of God into, Mm -hmm. a freak of nature. Mm -hmm. Not man, not woman, not beast, nor human. Okay, this is what the devil wants to turn it into. Yeah. Okay, so when everybody's sitting there fighting for rights of other people, you better understand what this whole thing is about. Yeah, exactly. All right, did we finish this? Uh, uh, no, we were at 19. So I'll go back to First John 5 and 19. And we know that we are of God, and the whole world lieth in, the wick- lieth in wickedness. Now, this is all I was trying to have people understand as to what this wickedness is all about. Verse 20. And we know that the Son of God is come and hath given us an understanding that we may know him that is true. And we are in him uh, that is true, even his Son, I mean, even in his Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. Little children, keep yourselves from idols. Amen. So it's all about bringing people to the truth, not in idolatry, right? not in the things of this life. Is it possible to even idolize your wife? Absolutely. Yeah. Or your husband. It is. Or money. Yeah. Or your children. These are things that we have to stay away from. Not your family, not your wife or whatever. But make sure you're not idolizing and that the Lord is over all. Exactly. All right. So from here, we'll knock out uh, 2 John. Then I guess go into 3 John. The Epistle of Second John, um, I've heard it said, I don't know if it's true, but they said that the second epistle of John is actually um, John writing to Mary. I don't know if that's true or not. You know, you can look it up, but I know that that's what they claim, that it was written to Mary. I mean, I have the information here, but yeah. either way, it's all scripture. Exactly. So it's nothing special to any particular person. <laughs> Uh, verse, all right, so uh, the second epistle of John, verse 1. The elder unto the elect lady and her children, whom I love in the truth, and not I only, but also are all they that have known the truth. For the truth's sake, which dwelleth in us, 
and shall be with us forever. Grace be with you, mercy and peace from God the Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. He sounds like Paul. Uh, the Son of the Father in truth and love. I rejoice greatly that I found in thy children walking in truth, uh, as we have received a commandment from the Father. Okay. Verse uh, 4. Is it verse 4? Five. Verse 5. And now I beseech thee, lady, uh, not as though I wrote a new commandment unto thee, but that which we have that which we have had from the beginning that we love one another. We went over that in Matthew 22. Mm -hmm. And this is love that we walk after his commandments. This is the commandment that as ye have heard uh, from the beginning, ye should walk in it. For uh, many deceivers are entered into the world who confess not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. We went over that. Mm -hmm. This is the deceiver and an antichrist. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. So we went over this, you know, so we can explain it. Uh, verse, uh, verse 8. Look to yourselves that we lose not those things which ye have wrought, uh, but that we receive a full reward. Exactly. So those things that we've labored for, man, don't lose sight of those things. Right. You know, but but receive a full reward. Keep pressing. Mm -hmm. Verse 9. Whosoever transgresseth uh, and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he hath both the Father and the Son. So, you know, a transgressor is a what? A rebel. Yeah. Somebody that doesn't want to get into the truth. Someone that knows the truth, but engages in willful sin. Yep. Verse 10. If there come any unto you and bring not this doctrine, receive him not into your house. Neither bid with him. I mean, neither bid him Godspeed. Like, don't even salute him. Don't even wish him well. You know, leave him alone. Verse 11. For he that biddeth him uh, Godspeed, uh, is partaker of his evil deeds. So you want to you want to help him out. You want to go after somebody that you know is teaching a false doctrine, presenting his books. You know, uh, buying his books. You know, you're endorsing right. this individual and telling more about it. Man, you are a partaker in the evil. Exactly. Let's go to First um, Corinthians six. First Corinthians 6, and we'll start at 16. And it says, what? No, let's, let's start at uh, 15. Know ye not that your bodies are the members of Christ? Uh, shall I then take the members of Christ and make them the members of an harlot? God forbid. What? Know ye not that, that he which is joined to an harlot is one body? For two saith, uh, he shall uh, be one flesh. You know, so there you go. And then it says in verse 17, but he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. So, you know, if you're a part of the Lord, you can't be a part of 
the harlot, which can be false religion, which could be other things. Right. Amos 3. Amos chapter 3. Amos chapter 3. And I will start at the first verse. Hear this word that the Lord hath spoken against you, O children of Israel, O body of Christ. <laughs> o oh, church of God. That's right. <laughs> against the whole family which I brought up uh, from the land of Egypt, saying, You only have I known of all the families of the earth. Therefore I will punish you uh, for all your iniquities. Can two walk together except they be agreed? Now that's something that we have to understand. Two can't walk together lest they be agreed. Right. That's why the Lord was determining, you know, he brought the law of Moses to try and change them, the Levitical law, to get them to seek him. Because you can't walk with someone that's outside of you, that's foreign to you. Right. You can't be a Christian and marry an atheist. No. All right. I know a lot of people have tried. Boy, are they sorry. You can't marry someone that believes in the Lord, you know, and others that believe in another God. No. That's a conflict. Yeah, it will not work. Exactly. So one more point. We'll go to 2 Corinthians 6. Second Corinthians 6, we'll start at the 14th verse. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship have righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion have light with darkness? And what concord have Christ with Belial? Another name for Satan. Mm -hmm. Or what part have he that believeth with an infidel, an unbeliever? Basically a dog. That's what it's also called. Mm -hmm. Okay, so, and what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God, and God hath said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their people, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Therefore, wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. So he gave a list from verse 14 to verse 17, letting them know, then I will receive you. Mm -hmm. So he said, be ye holy for he is holy. Okay. Verse 18. And will be a father unto you. And ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord God Almighty. I put God in. But saith the Lord Almighty. But the thing is, is that that's the whole point about, and we'll go back to John just to uh, make this point. Um. John 12, I believe. No, John 11. Well, John 10. Uh, second epistle of John, uh, verse 10. If there come any unto you and bring not this doctrine, receive him not into your house, neither bid him Godspeed, you know, which is like salutes, salutation. Yeah. Verse 11. For he that biddeth with him with Godspeed, for he that biddeth him with Godspeed is partaker of his evil deeds. So I said all that to say that. Okay, God is very serious about it. Mm -hmm. Matter of fact, now I'll keep going. Verse twelve. Having many things to write unto you, I would I would not write with paper and ink, 
but I trust to come unto you and uh, speak face to face that our joy may be full. Uh, the children of thy elect sister greet thee. Amen. Now, if this is towards Mary, I can understand, you know, but he's saying, you know, I want to, I really don't want to write this letter, but I'm believing that it'll get to you. I'd rather speak face to face so all joy would be fulfilled. Right. You know, so it could be to Mary. Either way, it doesn't matter to me because it's the word of God. And the true. only one we're uplifting is Jesus Christ. Exactly. So this is no Mary work up here. No. All right, the final epistle, uh, the third epistle of John. Then we can conclude out. We'll start at the first verse. The elder unto the well-beloved Gaius, whom I love in the truth, beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. So he wants you to be in good health as your soul prospers. For I rejoiced greatly when the brethren came and testified of the truth that is in thee, even as thou walkest uh, in the truth. So not only did he testify in it, he walked in it. Mm -hmm. Verse 4, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. Exactly. Beloved, thou doest faithfully whatsoever thou doest to the brethren and to strangers. So in other words, not just to the children of Israel, not just to his friends, but unto strangers. He's walking in truth and doing the work of the Lord faithfully. Right. Verse 6, which have borne, you know, and another quick point there, everybody wants to witness to the saved people. You know, we need to be witnessing to the unsaved. We can teach the people that are saved, but we can preach to the people that are unsaved to come to the truth. Exactly. You know, but everybody want to, oh, you a Christian? Then you want to sit around and debate for 30, 40, 50 minutes. Man, never mind that. Go to the person that doesn't know Christ. Right. See, that's the harder assignment. That's what people don't like. That's where our faith really is, is going and, and preaching and teaching to those that are lost. Because it's a, it's a challenge. Exactly. Verse 6. Which have borne witness of thy charity before the church, whom if thou bring forward on their journey uh, after a godly sort, thou shalt do well. So it's just telling you, you know, after all of this, you know, you shall do well. And charity being distributed upon the church, it's kind of like what you heard in Acts the first, I mean the second chapter, the third and the fourth, mm -hmm. about the church being a community, bringing things together, mm -hmm. you know, all of one mind and one spirit. Verse 7, because that for his name's sake, uh, they went forth talking nothing, I mean, taking nothing of the Gentiles. We therefore ought to receive such that we might be fellow helpers to the truth. That's right. So, you know, the Gentiles would have been the unbeliever in those days. Right. It's the same way that we love to preach to the church. We need to be preaching to the unbeliever also. Mm -hmm. That's the real truth. Verse 9. I wrote unto the church, but um, uh, Diotrephus, I think that's how you say his name. Yeah. Diotrephus, uh, who loveth uh, the, the have the preeminent. Oh, let me read that again. Verse 9. I wrote unto the church by Diotrephus, but Diotrephus, who loveth to have the preeminence among them, received us not. So this guy was probably a minister, pastor, you know, someone that didn't mm -hmm. want the truth in his church. Yeah. Preeminence is like, you know, being over. 
verse 10. Wherefore, if I come, I will remember his deeds, which he doeth, uh, prating against us like plotting or, you know, setting up things, prating against us with malicious words and not content uh, therewith, neither doth he himself receive the brethren and forbiddeth uh, them that would, and forbiddeth them that would and casteth them out of his church. So anybody who wanted to come to the truth with the real doctrine, this guy threw out. Yeah. Okay, and he restricted the truth from getting in. This sounds like every false church that you can possibly imagine. Let's go yeah. to um, let's go to Isaiah fifty six. You want to say something? Uh -uh. But yeah, this is what Henry Groover said. This is what I've experienced. Yep. Henry Groover said, you know, I went to a church. They asked the pastor, can I speak to his congregation? Pastor said, what do you want to speak to them about? Like he was really nervous about something getting out. Right. Well, a lot of them fear the truth. We'll start at verse 9. Isaiah 56 and 9. All ye beasts of the field, come to devour. Yea, all ye beasts of the, in the forest. His watchmen are blind. This is Satan's watchmen. These are the teachers, you know. Satan's pastors, his watchmen are blind. They are all ignorant. That means they don't know. Mm -hmm. They are all dumb dogs. They can't speak. They cannot bark. Yeah, they're dumb. Uh, sleeping. That means they're not awake. Lying down. That means they're not doing the will of God. Loving to slumber. <laughs> Yay, they are greedy dogs which can never have enough. And they are shepherds that cannot understand. So not only do they not bring you the truth, they don't even understand enough to bring you the truth. They right. don't know. Exactly. Okay. They are. They all look forward, or they all look to their own way. Everyone his game from his quarter. So everyone's out for self. Now a lot of people say, man, who would accept a watchman like that? Who would accept a pastor like that? Man, you see that every day. Yeah. Why? Because you're not aware of the world. You're in religion, playing church, you know, believing that you're in the truth because you feel good. Exactly. You know nothing about the world. The subjects and things that the church should be talking about, they're not even involved in. Nope. They think, ah, oh, just let it be. So they don't warn you because they don't love you. Mm -mm. It's all about me. It's all about feeling good. Yeah. If you got sinners that heard of the New World Order, how the heck can um, preachers not hear about it? They're in the world just like everybody else. Exactly. All right. Or Antichrist. They don't even mention that. They don't even talk about the devil in church. No. Now, you know it must belong to the devil because he's the only one that would say, hey, don't talk about me in here. Exactly. Whatever you do. Yeah. Keep the focus off me. Yeah. All right. Love verse 11. Beloved, follow not that which is evil, but that which is good, he that doeth good is of God, but he that doeth evil uh, hath not seen God. Demetrius hath good report of all men, and of the truth itself. Yea, and we also bear record, and ye know that our record is true. Why are you saying ye know that our record is true? Because they're of the Holy Ghost. Right. They're of the Spirit of Truth. Verse 13. I had many things to write, but I will not with ink and pen write unto thee, 
but I trust I shall shortly see thee, and we shall speak face to face. Peace be with thee. Our friends salute thee. Greet the friends by name. That's what we should be doing. Mm -hmm. Even those that are righteous of the Lord, we should be bringing forth the truth. You know, we should be letting people know the good deeds and things that they're doing there. We salute them to encourage them, not to praise them. Right. You know? So, you know, that was the lesson for today. You know, I think John had a lot to say. Oh, yeah. He was in the inner, inner circle of Jesus Christ. Now, you know, you have Peter, John, and James. But you also had John himself stood alone as the closest to the Lord. So we went into his heart. We went into his mind. We went into his revelation. All that the Lord has shown the apostles, all of that is truth. All truth isn't going to feel good. No. That's why we eat the whole roll. Mm -hmm. So from here, you know, that was the lesson. How we just need to be focused, staying in the Lord, exhort, exhorting, not exhorting, exalting the Lord. Right. You know, and doing all things that the Lord calls us to do to glorify him. That's what we are. Our bodies are meant as the temple to glorify the Lord. So we'll pray out. Good, sir. Heavenly Father, I want to come to you today, humble before you, thanking you for another day that you have given to us, Lord. Thanking you for another opportunity and another time that you've given us, Lord, to where we could come and worship before you, to learn about your truths, to dive deep into your word, to know what it says. Lord, to have that understanding that you want us to have, so we are not deceived by the enemy's devices, that we are not caught off guard, that our faith, Lord, that our faith in you will stand true, tried in tribulation, Lord, tried by the fire. Lord, we have to go in the fire. We have to go through the fire. Lord, if anyone wants to know where you are, you are in the fire. And that's what we have to do, Lord. But we have to be those manifested sons and daughters of you. And Lord, in that process, it's a relationship with you, Lord. It's us seeking your word. Lord, you have to trust that when you share your secrets with us, that we will take this, take your truths to others. Lord, we have to be transformed into the image of your son, into the image of Christ. Lord, we have to be willing to be sanctified. We have to be willing to be purified unto holiness, sanctified unto righteousness, Lord. For your words says we should be holy because you are holy but what does that mean lord it means that we have to to give up that old fleshly nature lord that binds us that keeps us from doing what you want us to do that keeps us from prayer that keeps us from fasting lord all the time lord we want to pray for the things that we want but what we should be praying for is that your will be done in our lives lord and if we want these things to be done then we will be like that mother lord that gave up her life for her child on those tracks that day Lord, are we willing to give up ourselves to bring lost souls to you? Are we willing to give up our lives like give up our lives like you did, Lord? That is true love. But we we are so carnally minded. We are so worried about offending other people that the truth, Lord, is not your light shining through us anymore, but it's hidden. And so because it is hidden, Lord, the church has failed to bring your truth. It has become a big business instead of being your light, being the ecclesia, being the called out ones, Lord, and Satan has overtaken the church. But Lord, we can still be the body of Christ if we come unto you. 
we can still be the body of Christ, Lord, if we transform our lives to what your word says, if we compare our lives to you and your scripture, not to this world. And Lord, I am asking and praying today that within this ministry, Lord, that your hands would be in this ministry, that we will not be lazy, that we will not take a break, Lord, but that we will go forward in you. And I'm asking and praying today, Lord, that you be with us all, that you be with Martin and Laura, that you be with Eric and Holly and little Jackson, that you be with Jake and Mikhail. Lord, be with Dan and Tracy. Lord, and be with Andrew and his mom and their family situation, Lord, that in the name of Jesus that they will come before you so you can be their father, Lord, and you can transform their lives. Lord, and I'm praying for all others, Lord. I'm praying for Tina that you touch her life, Lord, that in the name of Jesus that she will come and seek a relationship with you. And Samantha, Lord, and Bonnie, and all others, Lord, be with Cammie and her husband and sister. Lord, be with those tonight that need a spiritual healing upon their lives. And in the name of Jesus, everything that they are going through, Lord, that those demons, whatever they are, will be casted out in the name of Jesus, that you will build us up, Lord, that we will go out boldly into the night and preach and teach your gospel. Lord, you are looking for a remnant, and I pray, Lord, I earnestly pray that we will be that remnant. But it's all in the name of Jesus that we can do these things, Lord. That we will have not just the faith, but the gifts of faith, Lord. That we will seek you for the calling upon our lives, Lord, within the body of Christ, within this ministry. Lord, I thank you again for all the things that you've done for us. I thank you again for this ministry. Lord, and I also pray today that you would be with Ryan and Jessica. That you would be with Chantel and touch her life, Lord. That you would be with Derek. That you continue to help him with his calling. Lord, but that we seek you all. That any spirit of antichrist that is in the world today be not in us. Lord, I pray that you build us up every day to bring lost souls to you. That you would help us to see the spiritual warfare that's going on around us. Because as your word says, it is going on around us, Lord. And we have to take on the full armor of God. Because that is our defense against the enemy. Fill us with your Holy Spirit, Lord. Lead us into your truths. Lead us in all truths. Place your shield of protection around us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.